0: Okay, welcome back to the podcast. It's okay.
1: It's real life. <laughs> it is real life. He's been quiet all morning, too. Of
0: course. He's excited. We're all yeah. excited. <laughs> <laughs> so, welcome back. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have with me my beautiful friend Paula, who I met here in Arizona. I've had a couple of Healings, energy healings with her. And I'm excited for her to be on. We don't even know all the things we're going to talk about today, but it's going to just come through. So we trust that and we'll just roll with it. So, with that being said, Paula, you want to introduce yourself?
1: Uh, sure. So, I am Paula Taylor and I am a conduit. I'm a conduit of energy in different forms sound and intuition and music and and words, and I'm excited to be here.
0: I'm excited to have you. So speaking of sound, I'd love to talk about that actually right away, because that's what's pulling right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Paula and I just did, I always do like a little meditation with whoever I have on the podcast ahead of time. And Paula vocalized some things, while we were doing our meditation and she's the first healer that I've been to that has actually, you know, channeled vocal just frequencies in our sound healing or in our healing. She, we were actually doing massage slash energy healing and she vocalized um, frequency to me. So I'd love for you to just expand on what that is and how that started coming through you. It's funny that you asked that because that uh, this morning I was thinking about that
1: and I was thinking about uh, the work that I'm doing right now with people who, who haven't really done a lot of vocalizing and it's so beautiful to hear people's throats start to open as they recognize they sort of let go of the projections of what they think sound should be or what they think you know vocalizing should be and it got me thinking about how especially I think as women, there's a, there's a period of time or, or for some people, you know, a long period of time where we lose that voice. Like I grew up and everybody told me I was too loud all the time. And then I physically lost my voice for a couple of years. I got nodules on my vocal cords in my late teen years. And then I stopped singing. I didn't sing for years. I grew up as a singer and a musician. And, and even music, I, I kind of stopped making music for a long time. And then I had to rediscover, I had to reopen energetically my throat to kind of get back to making any kind of sound really. And, and part of that is speaking, part of that is, is singing. So I got back into singing. And then uh, interestingly, the, when the pandemic hit, I was making a lot of music with my husband. And I had a friend who said, have you ever thought about making healing music or, you know, healing sound? And I was like, oh, yeah, but I don't really write music. And she's like, you should write some music. <clears throat> so I did. And I wrote, I started writing songs. I started writing kirtans. And, and that sort of evolved into um, this, like, integration in my mind of, music had always been kind of a separate thing from the healing for me even though i love sound healing and i and i would listen to it i would use it with clients through you know just playing it on a speaker and and something in me shifted and so then i started writing music for healing and then i started toning i discovered kind of intuitive toning and then i discovered the primordial chakra tones and that's really what led me to start toning as part of my healing sessions um, in my own podcast in sessions with clients and it and it's very vulnerable and I think that's one of the reasons that we have a hard time with that the throat it's such a vulnerable area and making sound for someone is really vulnerable and especially when you get into sound healing which I describe sound healing as a sound made to move energy to kind of differentiate it from music it's not meant to be pretty sometimes it is sometimes it comes out that way but sometimes it comes out like almost a scream or a yell or or you know like a real deep like throaty kind of sound that that we wouldn't typically describe as being pretty and that's very vulnerable to make that but what i have always determined even when i i used to chant sometimes during sessions and my very first experience of that I had a woman on my table for massage who'd never had massage or body work before. And I kept getting this guidance, go to her feet and chant. And I was like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Like this poor woman, like she's never experienced this before. It's good. You know, she's going to think it's really weird. And so I was kind of arguing with my intuitive guidance. And and of course it always wins out, right? So in the end, I just went and I held her feet and I just chanted a long ohm and when she came out of the room she said that was the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me i felt that tone start in my feet and go all the way up through my body and out my head and i felt like i was in another place and that's the power of sound but it is it's very vulnerable to make that sound and so for me it's really been a journey of releasing fear and 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 re continuing to open my throat and and be courageous enough to make that sound as it as it calls to me because whenever I make sound it's generally intuitive like when we were just opening up it was just like I I started making a little bit of that before we even started while I was kind of getting on the zoom and then there's always that split second of like oh is this appropriate is this person gonna think something about me you know and then I just have to let myself flow with it and then when i do beautiful things happen and that's kind of that isn't that true anywhere you
0: know when you step into flow beautiful things happen yeah yeah it's so interesting about <clears throat> how we like first of all how you lost your voice how it like how powerfully these things can manifest into our bodies like these blocks and belief systems that come in that aren't true for us and how they manifest physically in our bodies to, to bring our attention to something. Right. Well, it's interesting. Even as I
1: talked about that, like I'm getting a little like throaty and a little bit of like phlegm in there. And it's like, it is very amazing. It's interesting to me how connected everything is, you Mm -hmm. know, the physical and the emotional and the spiritual. And, and, and at the time, you know, I would have told you like, oh, I yell a lot. I was a drum major in the band. So I got, I got nozzles on my vocal cords. That's the physical explanation. But, but the emotional explanation is that I was afraid to be seen. It was the beginning of my really kind of making myself small and dimming my light and, and, and hiding hiding who I was from people in terms of my bigness. Cause mm-hmm. I, you know, was, you're too loud, you're too this, you're too bossy, you're too, you know, it was always, I'm too much of whatever. And so you hear that over and over again and then you start to internalize it and then, and then your body starts to change. Yeah. And so I physically lost my voice for almost two years. I could not speak barely at all. And, and when I did, it was really painful and then even into that was the end of high school even into college my very last semester of college I took voice lessons I kind of had the courage to to do that and my teacher she was always telling me you need to relax your throat you need to relax your shoulders and and I just there was so much yeah. in there and then even into my massage training I, you know I finally started to open my reiki to attunement I had a huge throat opening but even after that it was like I felt so vulnerable. I felt like everyone could see me and it scared me. And so I, I kind of hid myself again.
0: Yeah. I can relate to this in terms of, um, in corporate. I feel like for a long time, I, I sat back and I just put my head down and worked as hard as I could. And as I, continued my journey and kept suppressing like my discontent. I had anxiety come up in my body. And as I started exploring and and unraveling that, I started finding more of my voice. I started expressing my emotions, which led to me start to vocally express the things that I was feeling that I had previously been suppressing So I was in corporate, I feel like I was dealing with this, you know, I, I want, I want to speak something, but I feel like I'm still feeling held back in terms of like, how are people going to respond to this? This needs to be said in this room of people and it's the elephant in the room and nobody wants to say it, but I really feel like it needs to be put out on the table, like those kinds of things. So I was battling that expression there. And then as I've, you know, I've gotten past a lot of that. Now I'm still like, I'm still on that journey. I'm still working through my own personal expression, but I did, um, I did a plant medicine ceremony earlier this month. And I had a lot of expression come through. And a lot of times, I don't know if you've even done like breath work, A lot of times in breath, intense breath work, people will start expressing. And that's what was happening for me in this journey. And I could feel in those moments like where I didn't, I didn't want to express, but something was in me wanting to come out. And I was feeling this shame. And then like, I would do it anyways, because like you said, when the guidance is there, like you just have to roll with it, um, you just drop into that flow. And then I would let out and I don't, I couldn't even tell you what came out of my mouth. And afterwards, Paula, I felt so much shame and guilt after that for vocalizing the way that I did, especially because it was loud. But it was something that just wanted, needed to come through me it needed to be expressed it had been suppressed for so long perhaps lifetimes that it wanted to come out and i i just like sometimes when i'm doing sessions with people i will feel i'll feel that pent up energy in them and sometimes i'm like you just need to go like you need to like go in the forest and just scream or like, go like, sometimes I feel like it's in water. Sometimes it's out like in land, but sometimes it's also go, go out into the ocean and like yell or scream underwater. If you have to like, whatever it is, like do something where you're vocalizing that. And it comes out in different ways, you know, sometimes I'll feel like their hands, you know, so I feel like you, there's something that wants to be expressed through your hands. And sometimes it is the voice, but just no matter, I guess what it is, what modality it comes out in, it's just important for it to come out. So I I would be curious, like, what would you say? What would you say to someone who doesn't know they're pent up? Like, what would you what do you, you know, think are the
1: signs? I think it's so interesting. As you're talking, I'm really being called to share this. And I think this will lead into the answer to that question. But, but as you were talking about that, I was thinking about, um, so I have a history of, it's called, the medical term is recurrent pregnancy loss. So I have, I've had something like 10 miscarriages. And so I had this period of five or six years where I was doing fertility treatments and i would get pregnant and i would miscarry and this this was happening over and over and over again and and there was so much as you were saying there was so much shame around that and there was so much just of that pent up you know it was grief it was grief and shame and anger you know why is why can my body not do this and and i had to let it out or i would i would have died i mean that's kind of and I as as you were talking I thought when did this really change when did this shift happen and and what I was seeing as you were talking and as you asked that question was what I ended up doing in that time is that I would do I've been doing yoga for a lot of years and and as soon as you were talking about breath work this is what came to me so I would do a yoga practice and that would start to move you know, some of that energy that a lot of times I didn't even know was there. I was so pent up, but I didn't necessarily know it. And so at the end of my yoga practice, I would get into that Shavasana and I would just scream. I couldn't stop it because I had moved the energy. I would cry and scream and emote and these sounds would come out of me. That like, I remember thinking sometimes like the, someone's gonna call the police on me, like one of my neighbors, because I would just be making these sounds. But that was the only way to get that energy out of me. Yeah. You know, I could have, and I have talked about it. And, and you know, talking through things is important and, and moving energy in different ways is important. But the power of sound is that it gets past that conscious mind. It gets underneath into that subconscious and that unconscious part of us. And it's primal. And and like you were saying, I actually yesterday I said something to my husband. I said, I need it was like, you know, those old cartoons when somebody hurts themselves and then they run off into the hills and then they scream because like, you know, mm-hmm. the baby's sleeping, or there's always like some reason. And I said, I need to run off into the hills and scream because I just I think so. To answer your question, this is a really long way to answer your question, but I'm guessing that someone will relate to this. I think you know that you're pent up and you need to move energy when things are feeling wrong, when you're feeling anxiety, when you're feeling like you're not fitting anywhere, when you feel it physically, like in your chest, where things are just uncomfortable in your body. And a lot of times it's like, I just talked about having a healing crisis last week. And and sometimes those things seem like they came out of nowhere. And sometimes... It seems like you're overreacting to something, you know, you can tell you're triggered and and things just keep escalating. And for me, like even this morning, my um, one of my dogs ate my other dog's food and he's allergic to it. (laughs) And so I got really, you know, angry and and all this energy came up and I'm like, how am I going to release this energy? And so I just started making vocal sounds that sounded probably a lot like yelling or screaming but ever since i did my soul song with Trish at that retreat that we went to i do that not every day but several times a week and and that is it's not singing it's not even it's just making sound and it's very primal and a lot of times it really does sound almost like like a scream or a yell but but what i found listening to other people do that in that conference that we were at and then doing it myself. Like when I finished my portion of it, Trish said to me, you just shifted the DNA of everyone in this room. So we need to let go of that idea that it's not okay to be heard or that Mm -hmm. the sounds we're making are, are, are even only for us. You know, like when you say you feel called to make a sound, you're not just being called to make that sound for you yeah if you're with someone, yeah. especially and especially in a session and that's one of the things that I learned. like I have to get my ego out of the way and my fear out of the way and and show up for this person in a truly present way. And sometimes that is making sound or in these dimensional frequency expansion ceremonies, it's it's holding the space for the person and it's so beautiful to me because when they start at the end of these ceremonies, the the ceremony ends with sharing your heart song and everyone's heart song is unique and and the people that I work with so far will say to me I'm not a singer and and this is not this is called a heart song but this is like that primal thing it's not it's not meant to be, a be- like I always make the joke about trying to get someone to turn their chair around for you on the voice this is not that mm. this is way deeper than that and and so they start their song and it's really tight. I can hear in the throat, you know? And and then they get a little bit more confident as I'm holding that space and, and that this beautiful heart frequency has come in and they get more expanded and they get louder. And then it's just such a beautiful expansion. And then at the end, they're like in awe of themselves as they should be. I didn't know I could make sound like that. Everyone can make sound like that. We mm-hmm. just have, We've put so many projections on what sound is supposed to be like, and especially as women, like, you know, I've mentioned my whole life, you know, use your inside voice, Paula, you're too loud. Like, and so you can hear what I say, like my voice changes as I think about that. It gets higher and it gets pinched. No, I have a deep, resonant, loud voice for a reason and you know obviously we live in society and we we have to modulate a little bit but but internalizing that message that you're too much or that you're not enough closes down that beautiful port of expression that we all have access to and and so my suggestion for somebody who maybe thinks they're pent up or isn't even sure just make some sound
0: yeah
1: and and it can be Almost, it does not have to be, it can be completely intuitive and it can be a moan, it can be a scream, it can be a yell, it can be a word, you know, you could repeat a word. Um, I do this exercise that I really love that, we, that we've that we done together, uh, speaking your sacred name. And And so in that exercise, you just say your name and then you lengthen the sound of your name and, and it ends up turning into kind of like a chant or a song. And everyone I've done that exercise with, too, is just like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Because it starts to open up that that movement. That And I think vocalization, you know, we've been doing that since we had vocal cords. You know, singing and vocalizing and chanting and, and drumming and all of that stuff is such a primal, mm-hmm. you know, it's such a deep has such a deep resonance for us. And and we've lost that.
0: I think a lot of us kids screaming. Yeah. You know, it's as you're, as you're speaking, I'm thinking about how it's really just, it's, it's all about getting past the mind, you know, and, and this is comes up with so many different things. Right. And I love that you said, you know, you were angry when your dog ate the other dog's food and you're like, How am I going to move this? Because that's all that it, that's all that it wants. And ideally we'll get to a space where we just naturally move it. Right. We just go right into that. Um, but if you notice it and you have that awareness, then yeah, like, okay, now I'm going to consciously move this. When I was working through my anxiety with a therapist, she said to me, like, acknowledge it. Don't let it, don't bury it because that's where it grows, right? When you bury it, it stays in your body and you want to release it. And if we just released our anxiety, then we wouldn't have anxiety, (laughs) you know? Like, so, um, you know, I I think about this, like whether it's even like movement, I resonate a lot with music. And um, I've, you know, been connected with a lot of healing music as well, which just, it takes me to places emotionally and it makes me happy. Yesterday I put on my sexy as fuck playlist and I was just dancing and singing all day long and I was feeling so much joy and even something like that, right? Like singing, that was the other thing I did in, in plant in plant ceremony. I was singing some of those songs, you know, even Ong namo Gurudev namo. I was singing that out loud. Right. And at the time I was holding hands with two women who were beside me in ceremony. And I was dancing with the energy, with my hands, just move in, move in my energy. And both of them, one of them said to me, Kristen, with you doing that, I channeled Helen Keller. And the other one said to me, you healed my hand. Right. And that's me singing. I'm singing and I'm moving energy. I have chills right now. Mm-hmm. This is all about like, no matter what we're doing, singing movement is another thing. People are super blocked in, mm-hmm. right? Let's have a dance party. And people are like two in it, <laughs> you know, snapping their fingers they're not moving their bodies the way they want to move them nobody wants to fucking two-step nobody wants to do that <laughs> right um but that's it's-
1: another way though that we are told especially as women you know we are told how to move we're told how to dress we're told how to look we're told what to eat from like such an early age. And so that light just gets dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. And it's funny, that's one of the things in the last few years. I dance all the time. And and it started out. I grew up, I took dancing growing up, and and that's another thing, even with the music. Like I have a degree in classical music, and and so I had all these rules around everything, right? I've got I can only do this this way. I can only do this this way. If I'm gonna dance, it has to be and like. Now I just throw my body around and, you know, I, I shake it and I jump up and down and I dance with my dogs. And, and like you said, there's so much joy in that. And that is moving energy. And I think what's coming to me as we're talking about this is this idea that I think oh, that we've lost. It's coming back to us that emotional energy is held in your physical body. Mm-hmm and so if you don't release that energy it's going to stay in your physical body and it's going to cause physical disharmony and disease and and like the story about my dog that's a perfect example and the reason i vocalized this i thought i'm going into this podcast i don't want to go into this carrying this like vibration of anger because i got really frustrated and angry and, and what can I do to release this, like, quickly? And for me, it's almost always sound. But movement might have worked, too. You know, literally shaking it off. There's a story in, um, I think it's in The Power of Now that Eckhart Tolle mm-hmm. talks about. He's, he was at a duck pond, and he saw these two ducks or geese get into a fight. And they were really fighting, and they were really getting into it. And then as they finished, they both shook off physically shook off and then just went on about their day and animals will do that. You know, the dogs will do that. If my dogs get into a little skirmish and then they shake and then it's like all is forgotten. And we've forgotten how to do that as, as human animals, because we have all these rules around everything, you know, we have all these societal pressures. And, and so it's like, like the dancing, I still have a terrible time dancing in front of people and my sister, like she will just go to town and people will sometimes say to me, like at an event or something, man, your sister must be just drunk. She must be wasted (laughs) because they think that that's the only way you can get that free with your body. And like, she's just a freak. She loves it. She loves to move. Like she's not embarrassed. She's not inhibited in that way. And I think it's beautiful because I am definitely, I'm a two-stepper, like, you know, snapper in public and and then in private it's like yeah let's get this going and i think learning to overcome those fears together i think that's what you know that's kind of what we're doing that's what we're talking about is learning to move our bodies learning to release energy and and learning to let go of that pressure and that fear and that judgment and Mm -hmm. a lot of times it's judgment we have about ourselves you know oh i think this person's gonna judge me and then, like, when I did my soul song, I remember as I was singing, I thought, oh, I don't want this to go on too long. You know, I want other people to get a turn. And, and these kind of little voices started coming in. And then when I finished, everyone in the room, like, simultaneously was like, ah, like you could hear this huge release. And so recognizing that, that when we're moving energy for ourselves, we're also moving energy for other people.
0: Yeah. Mm. Even when I have to point it out, because I know you didn't mean it, but I, I, this is something that like, I'm just very aware of when you said, Nope, she's just a freak even saying that, Right? right? Like, but it's so innate in us. Like sometimes when I talk about like the things I see intuitively, I'm like, I know it sounds crazy, but no, it's not crazy. You know well, and, and it's i not meant freakish. that as a
1: compliment because i
0: wish i was more <laughs> freaky in that way
1: but yeah that word freak that means other or like weird or whatever and yeah. it, and it is true and when you do this kind of work you know like you talk about coming from the corporate field and i still work in in the western medical field part-time and and it it's like two totally different worlds yeah it, and and it's time to integrate that stuff it's time to start bringing this what people would call frou-frou or you know hippy dippy stuff into these more segmented you know parts of our lives like i i actually this was years ago when i first was going to school to be an ultrasound tech i was already a massage therapist and i was doing a retreat with my mentor. I was there kind of talking about actually chanting, talking about moving energy through sound. And this was like 15, 16 years ago. And she had us draw a picture of our our work lives. And so I drew this ultrasound machine and then I drew this big thick black line and then I drew my massage table. And, and I've spent the last 15 or 16 years trying to blur that black line, trying to erase that line, trying to integrate these different parts of myself. And I think we do a disservice to ourselves to think we have to be one or the other, Yeah, you know, you have to be medical or you have to be new age or whatever, you know, it is for you. Like we're so much more complex than that. And it's true. Those judgments. Yeah it's and I'm thank you for pointing that out because (laughs) I meant that as a compliment but I also recognize like words have power words have vibration absolutely and and so when you speak something into existence I mean that there's a reason we use
0: that phrase yeah Yeah. I love yeah saying your words are spells um okay tooth I want to talk about two things so first I just just to like finish the piece about like expression, because I want to talk about the bridging the two worlds piece next. But with the expression, one thing I just want to say to people is when you try this, know that it's going to feel uncomfortable. When I first started, when I was, I was working with a coach and we were, we were going through an anger, like we were talking about anger and expressing our anger. And I was like, I'm not I'm not angry. I'm not an angry person, blah blah blah, you know. And I went in my car and was just trying to like scream and yell about something. And I couldn't do it. I was like or I it's like I would find myself holding back cuz I'm looking around at the cars like somebody's going to see me <laughs> in my own car screaming and think I'm the crazy lady like as if they even know who I am or would see me again or anything. But I was holding back in that moment. And that was really interesting. Like in my own space, I was holding back. And so I I just want to say that to people, like when you feel that resistance um, or you butt up against that, like, oh, like this is uncomfortable. Like, oh, I'm, you know, noticing that I just want to do the two-step here. But like, I know that I have more (laughs) moves than this. You know, like whatever it is that you're expressing, oh, I want to say something, but I hold it back. Like, just know that the more you do it and the more that you get uncomfortable with it, that's when things start to open up. That's when it becomes more natural, you know, and you're able to go deeper with that expression. And then when we're fully expressed, I talk about this with my intuitive work, like when when we're connected and we find that, that connection with our intuition, with who we are, that's when we get to be fully expressed. Like that's when we get to be all of who we are in the world, because now we're tapping into this pure space. That is, this is just, it's, it's us, right? It's like all of us, but it's, you know, it's, it's our connection to everything. And that is so beautiful when we can just remove all that noise. And that's why I was talking about like the head it's really about getting out of your head, right? It's like removing all that noise, societal, but old belief systems, ancestral things, like whatever you're carrying. I just wanted to say like, know that you're going to experience resistance and you get to keep going and working through it. And it gets to get easier and easier and you get to be more expressed.
1: And I would add to that too. Um, start where you are. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: if you're starting with that two step, start with the two step. That's absolutely where I started. Like I am at my junior high dance in the corner and then you'll find that you'll like, oh wait, I can move my arms a little bit more. Oh wait, I can move my hips a little bit more. And the same thing with sound. So, you know, you might start with what I call prescribed sound or prescribed toning. Start with a chant you love, like Ang Namo, Guru Dev Namo, or just an ohm. I still, I love ohms. Mm-hmm. And that's very simple. Or start with a hum. Start by singing along to your favorite song. And that will start to open the sound. And then maybe at the end of your favorite song, you throw in like a little like, woo sound. And that, you know, that was not a song. That was not a singing. I make that kind of sound all the time. That high to low sound is a great way to seal. It's a great way to release energy. And again, so start where you are and then push yourself. Yeah. And so then the next day, maybe you're a little bit further and then you push yourself. So it's a little bit less scary, I think, if you do it step by step like that.
0: Yeah, for sure. And it builds, it builds awareness around your tendencies to avoid. Like for me, it might be avoid. If I get triggered, I might just decide like well this person's just not for me you know like <laughs> even though I'll look at what are they triggering in me but then like at some point I decide they're still triggering me so it's not in alignment and I've noticed this recently about myself in relationships but anyways I don't that's like a whole nother rabbit hole I want to go back to this bridging the worlds because recently, I was talking, I I had a beautiful conversation with a friend this week and we were talking about me bringing my spiritual work into corporate. And she asked me, she was like, like, is that really where, if this is really what you want to do? And she kept saying it to me that way. Like, if this is really the route you want to take, and, it, and, it, and I'm thinking to myself or feeling like, no, it's not like I don't I don't want to do that. I knew that that's like not what I wanted to do, which is why I've been like sitting back, like thinking about how can I do this? Because I think it's important. And what I found through my conversation with her is where I'm really passionate about with corporate is helping people come back to who they are and find their own expression. This ties into what we're talking about with expression, right? How can you cuz some people are are meant to, like I was meant to leave corporate and be an entrepreneur, but not everybody is. Some people are meant to stay there. So how can they find their own expression? And I think that's where a lot of corporations miss because they're often looking at like what's the job I can put you in? How much money can I pay you? Who can I connect you with as a mentor? Like who whatever it is, right? It's never really guiding people within. And so well, in my experience too, of um being in the medical
1: field, which is very corporate uh now, is it it's not about the individual at all. It's not, and maybe that's starting to shift, but You know, it's not about celebrating who you are and and bringing that to your job in a way that's joyful. It's about kind of creating sameness. And you know, the word corporate drones came to my mind. But you know, it's like like especially in the medical field. You know, we have systems, and everyone needs to do this exactly the same way. And and when I was an ultrasound tech, the most rewarding experiences that I had for myself and for patients was when I got into a conversation like what you and I are having right now and we moved energy through conversation. Yeah. And yes, they got their gallbladder ultrasound or whatever it was that they were there for like that was served, but they were served on a deeper level and and so was I through this like interaction through this deeper interaction and yes. there's no reason that we can't bring that into that corporate setting if we allow people to be who who they are, but I think that requires trust. And, and I don't think coming from the top down in those corporate structures, we don't, we don't trust people. We don't trust people to. And so then how can we trust ourselves? And that's a projection. Absolutely. You know, how do we trust ourselves to find that expression, and that joy in whatever it is we're doing, you know, wherever we are, whatever field we're in, whatever, you know, job we're doing because the jobs need to get done. Like you said, not everyone's going to leave the corporate world. Not everyone's going to leave medicine, although a lot of people are. And part of the reason they are is because of this stifling environment that we've created, you know, where everyone has to. I mean, there are still rules about hair color and tattoos
0: Mm -hmm.
1: in a lot of (laughs) health systems. And it's like, really? If someone, I have purple in my hair and it brings me joy, I have gotten so many compliments about that from many people. Why why would that be something that would make me a lesser ultrasound tech? Because I've chosen to put a fun color in my hair. Why is someone less of a nurse? Because they have a wrist tattoo. Mm -hmm. Why should you have to cover up who you are? Or they have sweatpants on. If you're pouring, yeah, if you're pouring (laughs) what you are and who you are into your job and That's. I just had this conversation, uh, my friend posted on Instagram, no more hard pants. (laughs) And I was like, let's do this everywhere,
0: like no more hard, like, yeah. Yeah, I, this is perfect because that's what I realized is like, it's not about me bringing, so I have the intuitive world and I have corporate, right? And there's that big thick line, right? It's not about me bringing intuitive work, like the way that I do it now with my clients into corporate. It's not about me going, doing intuitive readings for leadership and stuff like that, right? Although it could be, I'd certainly be open to that. But when I think about like, where is my passion? And it's about helping people find who they are and own that whether that's in corporate or wherever they are in their life, right? Um, Stay-at-home parents, like wherever you are, it's finding your own expression. That's my gift to the world. And it's exactly what, so what I wanted to, my point was that, is that it doesn't have to be exactly what you do. Like there can be something new. So the melding of the worlds can be, a different passion or, or, like, you know, it can, it can, they all relate. Right. But it's like, it can be this other expression of your gift. And like you were saying, where you get really lit up is having conversations like this with patients while serving them. Right. So it's not like, you're not bringing massage. You're not like saying, Hey, come get a massage with me. You know, you're not, you're not taking that exact work, but you're saying like, yeah, like let's, you're talking expression, you know? So even like, I can even see you doing some of the, you know, the soul song work and the heart song work with people that you're working with in medical. Like I can even see some of that melding in there, but I feel like it doesn't have to be sometimes, at least for me, where I was so blocked before was like, you know, I don't, I don't know how to go into corporate and teach them how to run a business intuitively because they're so in their heads. They're so attached to the numbers and the systems that I I don't even, and I'm a bridge. I'm a beautiful bridge in those worlds because I I tell people I I used to be a, a fucking analyst and now I'm an intuitive, like they're very different worlds. And I promise you, you can, you can go from one to the other. You can, and I can be that bridge for people, but it's a big system to break down. And that's why I left corporate because I was hired at places to change what they've been doing for 30 years. And they're so stuck in the systems, right? So I was struggling with like, how do I bring this work as I know and love into that? But it's like, no, that's not what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to Just work with people in their expression and help the leaders understand how to bring people in their fullest expression instead of trying to put them in a box in the system that they've created.
1: And I, it's interesting because we, we have a very similar kind of background in that way, right? And, and I would, the way that I would say what you're saying or that what I see there is this idea of. Like I mentioned dimming my light. I dimmed my light. and And so when you have a, a corporate structure full of people with dimmed lights, what happens if you turn all of those lights back on? if you If you ignite that passion and that fire and you and you reconnect people to that divine spark, then we have a situation of gestalt where where the sum of all of our parts is so much greater than each individual part. And, and that's, I think the direction that we are going, it's just very slow. And the way I see that is that, you know, we work with one person at a time or small groups. And that's whenever I, when I talk about doing this spiritual work with people, it's like, like my spiritual work that I do on myself, ripples out and changes Mm -hmm. everyone around me. So if if all we do or all you do as a person is work on yourself, on igniting your own light, or you reach out to someone and and like Kristen, who helps you get back into that full expression of yourself, that will change the corporate environment. Just one person doing that. And then five people doing that. And then 10 people doing that. And then pretty soon I, the job that I work in now, um, I'm a patient navigator for breast imaging and I, so I have conversations with people. That's kind of what I do now. And, and sometimes they're really difficult conversations. I have to call and, and tell women that they have breast cancer. But even within this job, like we're working with a company right now that created a software that helps track high-risk uh, women for who are at high risk of getting breast cancer. And, and they still have a corporate structure. You know, They still have their titles and stuff. But the energetic feeling that I get, like even on a Zoom call with them or watching their webinars, is completely different because they're all passionate about what they're doing. They're passionate about, you know, kind of who they're serving. They're in it for service. And that's another thing I think shifting to this idea of, of being in service lights your fire spiritually because we are meant to be in service. That's one of that's one of the reasons that we're here.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> and I think a big piece of, I, I love that you said just that one person shifting into, into their light, turning their light back on matters. And I always, I always say to people, cause I don't, I'm not big into like hard. I, I'm not generally like a hard sales kind of person. But I'll often say after giving a talk, I'll say to people, like if something in you sparked as I was speaking, you know, and I'll say this to every everyone on the call here right now. If something sparked in you when Paula was saying something or I was saying something, I encourage you to follow that spark because that's our souls connecting. That's your light flipping back on. And it's not going to flip off from here. Now it's about amplifying it. So I think, I think it's so beautiful that you said that, and it does matter. Just one person matters. And then having it ripple out, like you said, because even, even the people that have been, you know, close family and friends that have been alongside me on my journey that don't understand a thing about what I'm doing. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm so tenacious in my path that I just, I can't. Can't stop at this point. I'm just going to keep going. And you notice how their lights start to flicker on. You know, it does happen. It really does happen, whether you think it's possible or not, or whether you think it's a large undertaking, because there's a lot of people in corporate. But the other thing I think that's really important here is that trust factor, what you said. We don't, we're not trusting people. That's the other piece here that I feel really needs to shift in order for there to be a, a large shift in the culture and the corporate culture, because that's everything, you know,
1: when well, I was. And, over- and Oh, I was just going to say, I, as soon as you said that, it made me think about how divisive kind of we are politically and culturally right now too and and what happened it's that othering you know rather than assuming that somebody who doesn't agree with you is coming from a place of love or or doing the best they can with the information they have, you know, we kind of other them and and we assume maybe impure motives or or dark motives of other people and and my experience of people is that everybody's just doing the best they can with you know with whatever baggage they're carrying and whatever information they have and and so if we start from that place of assuming of seeing that divine spark in people whether they've dimmed it to the point that they don't see it in themselves that's a completely different it's we start from a completely different place because there's a a level of trust there i see that spark in you let's figure out how to turn it back on or look at me turn mine on because i can't control another person i can inspire another person like you said by just continuing my own journey and turning my own light on and and illuminating from there
0: yeah What's coming up for me right now is like, it's, it's also about just bringing awareness to the system. So when we see somebody in a structure that is out of the box, right? How can we celebrate that? Especially if it's not disruptive. If it's bringing good change to the organization and good energy to the organization, but it's not in the system or the structure, How can we, how can we notice that, that we're seeing, it's like the resistance, right? When I'm saying like, we're vocalizing something and then we're like, Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Right. It's the same thing. I'm seeing this and I see it's good. It got us to this beautiful place in this meeting. And yet I still want to pipe them back in, rein them back in, bring them back into the system. Right. How can we bring more awareness to when we're trying to control or dampen someone else based on our own beliefs and, and their, and how someone else's role should be. When, if we're just focused on ourselves, you know, how can I celebrate them for being who they are? <laughs> and how can I be? Well, i
1: recognizing mean? exactly recognizing to that when, like you were saying, when when you're getting triggered we have to we have to bring that awareness you know and there is there's so much fear around change you know and and we do this work professionally and yet like we started this before we went on the podcast i was talking about there's all these shifts and i've been dealing with fears and and that's never gonna stop but developing the tools to know how to release that energy like we were talking about when that anxiety energy comes up when that fear energy comes up when that anger and shame when that energy comes up what we tend to do if we're not aware of it is we project it onto someone else whereas if we can be aware of it then we can reach out for help how do i work with this energy how do i release this energy or we have our own tools and we go, okay, I'm going to do some yoga, I'm going to do some movement, I'm going to do some vocalizing, whatever it is, to release that energy so that we're truly interacting with someone as they are, as opposed to projecting all of our fears onto them and and so assuming things about them because we're in our triggered state. Mm-hmm. And that's just individual work as well. That's just working on yourself and, and recognizing, you know, when you get triggered and, and what that's about and doing that kind of, I call it excavation, spiritual excavation work.
0: Yeah. And I would say, and I think we're going to wrap up here, but I would say to people like pr- projecting onto others is something a lot of people aren't aware of. So what I would say to you is if you're if you find yourself like thinking or trying to manage what someone else is doing based on your your own belief it doesn't just it, just leave it at that like you're trying to control or manage what someone else is doing get curious about what's in you that's trying to manage someone else as if you're more of an expert about them than they are most people don't think about it that way, you know. E- even like when when you're being temp, when I was being tempered in corporate, even you know, like you gotta you know you gotta rain it rain it in, Kristen. Like you know when I was being tempered, it was like we're trying to be team players, like we're trying to rain it in and be team players, and like we think we're, tr- we're we think that we're doing it to you know, support uh, cohesion and, you know, whatever in the environment, good energy in the environment. But really, like, I just, I want people to notice this, like when you're, when you're trying to control or dictate what somebody else is doing. Even kids, like parents out there, like, and you have a 5 year old like i promise you that 5 year old has is probably way more connected intuitively <laughs> than you are even you know so how can you notice where you're trying to dampen that that's
1: you exactly know? we are trained from an early age to dim our light and yeah. and we want other people to dim their lights because when you see somebody shining brightly it triggers those yeah. feelings of like, <laughs> I'm not enough. And the shame comes up and all that stuff comes up. So if we empower everybody to turn their light on, yes, the world will be so illuminated and, and it's love. That light is love. So we just have to get
0: through that fear of it. And it's hard, but it's it's doable. Yes. I love that. Do you feel complete? For today. I feel at complete. Least. Yes. <laughs> Good. Good. Yes. I, I feel like I'd like to do this again for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was beautiful and I, I love what it led into. So I think it's perfect. All right. So, um, I will have all of Paula's links in the show notes. If you want to connect with her, as I said, if you felt something spark in you by something that she said, I encourage you to Touch base with her, you know, or me. Um, if you felt that in me, and I just want to say thank you for being here, Paula. Thank you, listeners, for being here and just supporting us on getting this conversation out to more people. So, if you loved this conversation, I would, I would invite you to share it, you know, so we can get this energy, right? That one by one, we're turning people on one by one. So let's get the conversation out to more people. So thank you, Paula. Thank you, listeners. I love all of you.
1: Thank you.